Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions, Galatians chapter 4, day 2. You remember yesterday we began to look at what you and I experience in the freedom of Jesus Christ. And we looked at this argument that Paul went through, this logical argument that for those who have freedom in Christ, as we look back in history, we recognize there was a time when the Jewish people were under the law. But Paul says the law wasn't meant to lead them to Christ. The law was, well, he, he paints this picture. He says it's like when, when a child has their parents die and they have a guardian over them. And until that child becomes of age, becomes a, an adult, that guardian is going to control the child's life. So they may as well be a slave. Their life is controlled. But when they become an adult, then they're free. And Paul shared with us yesterday that we become adults, that we get our sonship when you and I come to faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I use the word son very, very, very meaningfully because I know I'm talking to both men and women, and later Paul is going to talk to brothers and sisters, so he knows he's talking to both men and women. So why does he call us all sons of God? Because we are all sons of God in that we all have the inheritance. Inheritance in that day came to the sons. So the Bible is very clear that the inheritance isn't just for men, it is for men and women both. We are all in one sense. Even if you're a woman, you're a son of God in one sense in that you have the inheritance. Now, in light of that, Paul talks, we, we looked at verses 1 to 10 yesterday, Paul talks in verses 4 to 7 about what it means to live out this kind of life. There's a principle for growth here that's extremely important. Let me read those verses again for you. Galatians 4, 4 to 7. But when the right time came, God sent his son, Born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because you Gentiles have become his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts. And now you can call God your dear father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, everything he has belongs to you. Now, what does it mean to be a child of God? Not a creation of God. We're all creations of God. But only those who have come to faith in Jesus Christ are children of God. That's what the New Testament teaches again and again and again. God created us all, but he doesn't force us to trust him as a father. We have to choose that in our lives, and we choose that through Jesus Christ. How does this happen? What does it mean to be a child? Well, Jesus says we became a child of God when the right time came. When the right time came, God sent his son. It's a great phrase there, the right time, the fullness of time. It doesn't mean time as far as seasons. It means time as far as it is just the right perfect time. It was the right time for God to work in human history. I don't know why he had to wait for thousands of years through the, the flood of Noah and all the history of the people of Israel, but he waited. He waited for the right time. And this time, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, was the exact right time time for this to happen. It was the right time for God to work. It was also the right time for the world to receive the work of God. One of the things we know through all the history of the Old Testament is the ways that do not work to get us to God. It doesn't work to get us to God to wipe out the whole human race and just leave the one best family and then everybody will be perfect from then on. That didn't last one generation in the case of Noah. It does not work to give us the rules and regulations so that we can read them and know exactly what God wants us to do and then we'll follow them and then we'll be perfect. That doesn't work. That didn't last one generation with the people of Israel. What does work is God's work, is God himself coming into this world in his son, giving his life for us, the right time, sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. That doesn't mean that Jesus had to keep the law in order to be saved. He's God. It means that he was born as a Jew, that he came into this world, born as a Jew, 
to show us a new way of freedom. And that new way of freedom was to become a true child of God. Now, how did he do this? Well, these verses tell us he did it in two ways. We are sons, we are children of God by redemption and by his spirit. Notice he says in verse 5, he sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. We become children of God through the redemption of Jesus Christ. And you might know from studying the book of Romans or some, some other books of the Bible that the word redemption has to do with God buying back our freedom. It's the picture of a slave market. It's the picture of you standing on the block being sold into slavery and all these people bidding on you. And Jesus Christ walks into the middle of that slave market and he bids, he bids a priceless price. He bids his own life. He gives his life for me. He gives his life for you. And because he gave so much, he bought our freedom. We're no longer slaves because of the redemption that comes. He bought our freedom. We're also no longer slaves, but we're children by his spirit. Because we've become his children, God has sent his spirit, the spirit of his son into our hearts. We know that Jesus redeemed us, and we see it through the God's spirit, the spirit of God put into our hearts. And now, because of that, we can call God our father. Now, what does this mean? When you and I think about what it means to be a child of God, what does it mean? Well, it means that we are heirs. Everything he has belongs to you. That amazes me. That's what verse 7 says. Since you are his child, everything he has belongs to you. And it does not mean that you become somehow God and you have the powers of God. That's not what this is talking about. This does not mean that somehow in your humanity, you know how to act as God and that you can ask for anything selfishly. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about your place in God's kingdom. All the grace and all the power of God has been given to you. And so because of that, the gifts of God are also given to you. He has given you his grace. He has given you his love. He's given you his joy. He's given you his ability to serve and to make a difference. He's going to give you his eternity. And you and I get to share in the inheritance of Jesus Christ through all of eternity, the inheritance of joy, the inheritance of what it means to be his child. I can't even, I don't know about you, I can't even begin to fathom what that means. I can't wrap my mind around how great and wonderful a thing that that is. But it is true. We are heirs of God. And why are we heirs? What does it mean to be a child of God? We are heirs of God because we are adopted by God. The Bible says God has sent his spirit into our hearts, but that is because he has adopted us as his own children. It's an incredible picture to me that God chose me. He chose you as his child. It was no accidental birth. There is no accidental birth. God brings everybody into the world that he chooses to bring into the world. But we think that way sometimes. And sometimes we even think that way about God. Well, maybe I slipped in under the radar as a Christian. Maybe God doesn't really know. Because if he really knew I was a believer, oh, he wouldn't want me and his family. Look at how I mess up. Look at the things that I do. But God says, no, I adopt you. I choose you. And I hope that you today sense and feel and experience what it means to be an adopted child of God throughout this day. God's choice through Jesus Christ, is to choose you. And because of this, because I'm an heir, because I'm adopted, it means I have a relationship with God. We can call God our dear Father. Now, the phrase there is Abba, Father, that we read other places in the Bible, Abba, which was the word that a young Jewish child would say. Just like you hear a young child in English say Mama, maybe first. In the Hebrew language, the Aramaic language, they would say Abba first. It's a very simple, childlike term for a parent. And Paul uses that term unashamedly in our referencing God. 
and says to us that we have that kind of a close relationship with God. God is a God who, because of who he is, I experience great awe and the fear of the Lord in my heart. But he's also a God, because of who he is, I experience great closeness and what it means for him to be my Abba Father. And that gets to the principle of growth that's behind this logical argument. The principle of growth here, if you're going to grow as a believer in Jesus Christ, you have to realize, I have to realize, here's the principle. Growth is a relational choice. Growth is a relational choice. Growth in my life as a believer, it doesn't just happen automatically. If it happened automatically, the older I was as a believer, the more mature I would be. But you know that's not true. No, it's a choice in my daily life. I choose to spend time with God. I choose to turn my mind to the things of God. I choose to think about what's good and honorable and right and pure and lovely. It is a choice. It doesn't just happen, but it's also a relational choice. It's not just an activity. It has to be a choice that's out of love. This is extremely important. A lot of people think, well, it's just a choice. So I just choose to go to church. I just choose to read the Bible. I just choose to memorize a verse, and I will grow. No. There are many people who memorize many Bible verses and they're not growing at all. Well, maybe they're growing more judgmental of the people who don't memorize Bible verses. You grow by a relational choice, a choice that's based on my love for him, a response to my love for him. I don't read the Bible to get God to love me. I don't read the Bible to get God to grow me. I read the Bible because God loves me. I read the Bible because God wants to grow me. Growth is a relational choice. It's a difficult choice at times because a cross is involved, because it means following Jesus through difficult times. It's a difficult choice at times because we, like the Galatians, sometimes like to look for shortcuts, the easy way. But the question is, am I understanding who I really am? I am a child of God. I don't have to look for the shortcuts because I have the privilege of being his child. I'm an heir. I'm adopted. I can call to him as my Abba Father. Which am I choosing? Am I choosing to do it my way or am I choosing to do it God's way? Am I choosing to do it based just on activity or based on love? Growth is a relational choice. Let's talk to God for a minute. Our Father, Abba Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for adopting us. And because you adopted us, thank you that everything that you have belongs to us. We pray that with a great sense of humility knowing we are not deserving, but knowing also that you are loving. And I pray today, we pray together that you'd help us to make the relational choice to grow in you, to look to you by faith. Help us to do it in love and help us to make the choice in love. Lord, I pray today that those times in my life, in our lives, when we come up against a point where I've got a choice to depend on me or depend on you, to go my way or to go your way, whether it's in a temptation or whether it's in a decision or whether it's in a relationship, help me to choose to love you in that situation. Give me the power. I pray for it right now. I pray in dependence that you have given me that power through your spirit. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Join us tomorrow. We're gonna to look at Paul's personal argument for your growth. 